0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots and Spectators' daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Kate Andrews. So yesterday was levelling up day, a mixed bag as we discussed yesterday's podcast and perhaps a bag that is leaning towards negative in terms of the complaints from Tory MPs who missed out on the levelling up fund and also uh, the complaints from Labour saying despite some Tory MPs missing out they think it was more weighted towards the Tories and pork barrel politics. But there's another story from yesterday linked to that which is leading in some areas and this is Rishi Sunak's failure to wear a seatbelt this was a video his own team put up where he was talking about leveling up it was spotted by some that he did not have a seatbelt on despite the car being moving and now lancashire police are looking into rishi sunak that means that he could receive a maximum fine of 500 pounds i think that'd be if it an all the way to court i think you can settle quicker and rishi sunak and number ten said that ultimately the price Believes everyone should wear a seatbelt and that he fully accepts as a mistake and apologizes. Fraser, where do you sit? Kate. No, Fraser. no, 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 no. no. Okay, I've got my boss, who ultimately is in charge of my salary, pointing at Kate to go first. So, Kate, where do you sit on seatbelt gate? It's
1: 2023. It's a new, fresh year. And I am just wondering if we can leave the Politics of policing behind, and by that I mean, and look, this might be the American in me as well, talking, being quite influenced by... I don't want to dub you in, but you're quite bad at wearing a seatbelt. It's been happening in the States over the years. In the taxi cabs, I know I am. Not in a car, though, be very clear. I'm an excellent driver. Always wear my seatbelt. In taxi cabs, you're right, Katie. I'm willing to put my hand up. Okay, but back, back to the politics, sorry. Back to the politics. So yep.
2: Your freedom loving extends to being generally against buying seatbelts, is it?
0: in black halves. Okay, okay, words right, being right. put in
1: my mouth. You, you, Let's focus on Rishi now, and then
0: the, then that's <laughs> the
1: Maybe it's on on the fact. Maybe maybe it's the bias American in me. Maybe it's maybe it's the fact that I too have not worn a seatbelt in the back of a taxi. But ultimately, I am sick and tired of people using the police and using the law to go after politicians. This is not healthy. It's not good. Trying to arrest or fine or get your fellow politician into trouble because you disagree with their politics is a really, really bad precedent that we're setting. And again, the reason I say the American and me is partially talking here is because we in the States, you know, just now have a system where it seems like once someone gets elected, you just try to use the law to get them out of power or you try to use the police to do whatever. And this is obviously a really, really, really small example of that. But I don't think anybody, anybody believes for a second that they're going after Rishi Sunak for not wearing a seatbelt because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. It's because he's the prime minister. But as prime minister, should he not be following the rules? Sure, and he's apologised for not doing so. But, like, why are the Lancaster police investigating this? This is so deeply unhealthy in a democracy. It's only happening because of politics, and that's what makes me... I'm not saying that politicians are above the law. In fact, with COVID, it was so important to prove that they weren't when they were breaking the rules. But, you know, in day-to-day stuff like this, where he's apologised already, just like any other person would apologise, don't involve the police. It's just ludicrous.
2: Fraser, is this a good use of police time? Yes, very much so. I'm delighted that. Because I mean, it least they
0: seem a little bit stretched nightmare. at the moment.
2: No, this this is important. Um, Unfortunately, politicians make laws; they need to cope with the consequences of that. Like, take for example when the Welsh police investigated Tony Blair because there was a book in which Blair was supposed to have shouted "bloody Welsh" at the television, and then he was then investigated by um, I think it was Ian Blair at the time for potential hate crime. People were saying, "What a waste of police time!" No, I couldn't think of a better use of police time because at that moment Tony Blair would have been confronted with the implications of the hate crime laws which he passed. It meant everybody, even him, could be investigated by the police for something that obviously wasn't an offence. Now, if the Prime Minister doesn't like this, they should change the law.
1: I you think, want him to change the seatbelt law?
2: Yes, of course. I think what? it's ridiculous that <laughs> people in the back seat should be required by law to wear a seatbelt. Okay, so
1: you're okay. the real radical. I no, see. wait, wait, I don't so think it's
2: radical. Be, this
0: could be like a manifesto mm. pledge.
2: But by the way, uh, look, taking t- Kate, t- 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 Kate's uh, motherland, America, right? There are 32 states that require back- back seatbelts to be buckled up, but... A whole bunch of states who don't. Now, when I was younger, my sister and I were in the back of a car. We used to bounce around like beans in a rattle. Didn't do us any harm at all. I don't think this this kind of health and safety culture is overreaching. So, if politicians are willing to mandate people to follow these laws, they themselves shouldn't complain when the police come. After.
1: Fraser, okay, it is twenty twenty three though. We can move out of the COVID mindset. Like, it's okay. It's okay now. It's, we're, I'm going to coax you out of it.
2: This isn't to do with COVID. No, look, the, the, the hate crime thing wasn't to do no, with COVID. No, but, this is about politicians having to experience the repercussions of the laws which they pass. And if they think those laws are too excessive, then they should do something about I that think because this is they're a ones hangover. the ones
1: making the this is a hangover from like the curtain twitchers and the very serious allegations put against many government figures for breaking the laws that they set for us during COVID. But I, I think that we, we have to get the balance right here. I agree. If there's a lot, everybody should follow it, politicians included. I mean, I was very adamant about that during the COVID years, and I still am. But there's a difference between that and then trying to use and abuse police time and trying to get the police involved when, like, the, the crime, so to speak, is so, so, so minor. It's just playing politics with policing. That is what I'm really Look, uncomfortable if with. if Rishi Snow
2: doesn't think that the police should be actively going out to pursue people who don't wear seatbelts in the back of the car, he ought to change the law to make that the case. I, I'm afraid to say that um, I, I think if I, if I were running a police force, I would be absolutely applying the book of the law to any politician seem to transgress it to give those politicians pause for thought. Like right now, for example, the um, the laws. Like I think Tom Tugendhat was recently done for trying to use his phone as a sat nav in his car. Now I, I myself was done for that. If you ask me, completely getting personal. Well, well, look, <laughs> no, there I was stuck at the lines. And I was um, picking up my phone, which just fell from a dashboard to consult ways to find out if I should turn right or left. There was no conceivable threat to anybody's safety. And yet I was prosecuted uh, for using a mobile phone while driving. I wasn't. I was consulting a sat-nav. Now, I contested this and went to court. And I was able to win half a victory, right? But it was still... um,
1: I'm sorry, this is still just fundamentally different. I'm not saying politicians shouldn't have run-ins with the police when they're being accused of something that perhaps they need to look at again. I'm saying I don't like it when the public, and I don't like it when the other party uses the police to go after a politician. No, I
2: think the highest standard should be set. I think the mobile phone laws need to be reformed to take account of the fact that people use them for sat-navs now. And I think that if we don't think the police should be doing this the police should be given clear instructions as to what crimes to pursue and what not to pursue it is woolly badly defined laws which creates most of the crazy situations which the police wrongly get blamed for the police will do what they're told ultimately they enforce the law they're given guidance and by politicians and the laws are set by politicians so if um, tom togan thinks that the laws on mobile phones are woolly not to be redefined let him be the one who redefines them
1: i want to
0: know Where's- what katie thinks well, today I'm presenting, and I've got a question for Fraser on this.
2: Which wait, is, wait, wait, do you think she agrees with you and me, Kate?
1: That's what I want. I'm trying to figure it out in her eyes. It's so unclear. Can
2: you give us a clue, Katie?
1: I think she's like really pro seatbelts so I think she disagrees with no. both of us. She wants them in prison already. She's like, yeah. Grab that way. Well, walking
2: around. Um, well, she's you know already called I mean, you out for not wearing them in taxis, I, th-
1: I think of all the things
0: currently facing the police, this is not a good use of police time to look into the seatbelt but also if he's going to have the rule then he should probably stick to his own rule but I I don't think we need I don't think we need uh, a running commentary and Lancashire Police opening a case file and an investigation it reminds me of last year when we had actually as you kind of touching on the party it was a slightly different thing but like you know is it the same time period that would be if it it was a a normal citizen who did this I think you right. can feel that it's a bit treated a bit differently if it's a prime minister, and I think the law should apply equally. I do wonder, though, in terms of the politics, which is obviously such a thing was made last year in the midst of party gate about a fixed penalty notice and how it meant the prime minister received one, Rishi Sunak too. Fraser, do you think if... Rishi Sunak does receive a fine for this. That is going to be something that can be weaponised. Because, to Kate's point, there's definitely a point where the Labour and the Lib Dems are trying to make this seem very scandalous. Do do you think it is politically uh, damaging in any way? Well,
2: this probably is the first thing wrong that Rishi Sunak's done in his life, right? Uh, So...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he he already has a fixed penalty notice.
2: Yeah, well, uh, but but that but we all know <laughs> wrong about place, that. wrong time, wrong orange yeah. juice. It, 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 yeah, it, exactly. So I think, look, if if he does get it done, it will be. There's many things you can say about Rishi Sunak, but you can't really say he's a lawbreaker. The guy is. It was so I, I I guarantee this will be his first brush with the law. Brush with the law. It will be. I mean, this is just so ridiculous. I mean, if he, did law, sorry,
0: he did have a brush with the law. he did have a brush with the law last year, which went on for some time.
2: Right, because he had an orange juice at the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. I get that, but here he actually wasn't following the rules. Probably for the first time in his puff that he has not followed the rules. I don't know how they uh, bring them up in Winchester College. Though you think the public office people should be. Um, set to higher standards. But the thing is, like, Katie, I completely agree with you. It's a waste of police time, in which case the police should be told for everybody, but they do not pursue such offences.
0: Now, final question, because we do have the belated rescheduled spectator Christmas lunch today. Um, From 12
2: to 12.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Though obviously if something happens, we will be covering it because we are diligent. Maybe. Now... We've spoken quite a few times this week on the podcast about Keir Starmer going to Davos, Rishi Sunak staying at home. And I think there was a sense that it's quite clear why Keir Starmer wants to go to Davos. But there are a few things that have happened since he's gone. So the first is the front of the eye today is EU leaders want Keir Starmer to be prime minister. Which I... <laughs> I don't think it was probably the front page the Labour HQ were dreaming of and they're thinking about those red wall seats. And then secondly, an interview on a, a rival podcast. We could say the News Agents podcast. Keir Starmer is asked by Emily Maitlis. Davos or Westminster, which does he prefer? And he says, Davos...
1: What a ridiculous answer. Yeah. So we were speaking at the start of the week, Katie, about how sort of everyone was winning from Davos this week, the Conservatives staying in Westminster, and Kiyostama and Rachel Reeves going to Switzerland to try to look pro-business. But it's one thing to look, international and one thing to look pro-business and it's another thing to double down on the beautiful luxurious resort town as your preference to the politics going on at home and, yeah. and he points out <laughs> is, I think he goes on to caveat the answer he saying
0: says. it's a tricky um you know there's lots of hostile tribal tensions in Westminster but still you know maybe most of us prefer a ski ski resort not like in ski and
1: obviously there, there are no hostile tribal tensions between international leaders or anything. So, like, you know, I'm sure it's just a a dream... Yeah, look, it was the wrong answer and that I headline about the EU sort of endorsing Salmer doesn't doesn't particularly help him either. And it's um it'll it it'll it'll be frustrating for the Labour Party because this week you have Rishi Sunak and the Conservatives really frustrating a lot of those leveling up constituencies, the red wall seats, who feel like they're not being paid attention to in this round of funding. And Labour could have capitalized on that. But of course, you know, you read that I headline and a lot of those Brexit voters in those red wall seats might be thinking to themselves, well you know, we're not getting our train station this time round, but do we really want to return to who the EU is endorsing for prime minister? Not so much.
2: I imagine you might have been able to have a headline saying that Davos would like Kirsten Starmer to be prime minister as well. It's probably true. But interesting that he basically feels politically he, that, that this doesn't harm him. And this would be the sort of anathema for Rishi Sunak to be If you ask the question to him, there's no way he would say anything nice about Davos. He feels exposed there. And it's one of the common sort of concerns you, you, you see. On social media, W.E.F. so-and-so, you know, like when when Jacinda Ahern um, quits as Prime Minister of New Zealand, a lot of her critics were saying that W.E.F. Cindy, as they call her, has been, um, you know, she came back from um, Davos and got her marching orders. I mean, it's a weird conspiracy theory which seems to worry the right a lot more than it does the left. But as to what exactly happened to Jacinda Ahern, that's a subject for our Saturday podcast tomorrow
0: do check it out. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Kate. And thank you for listening.